Oh my God, it's uh, three grand finals in four years. What a team we follow. It's a demisty. This is Forever Young on Black. And we are the 2020 AFL champions. Go Challenge, we're the premiers. Come on. You know, statistics and damn lies we talk about, but I tell you what, Lynch and Rewalt um, don't underestimate the impacts they had on the game. You know, in the first half when it wasn't going our way and our, our defence was getting beaten, they still provided those targets up forward. They provided the contests uh, whilst, you know, they didn't have the impact on the scoreboard in that first half. They stood tall and come the second half as a team, uh, picked up our midfield, got on top, our backline structure got more in play. Lynch and Rewalt just kept standing tall, kept providing those leads, getting contest after contest, um, and, you know, between them kicking in, in numerous goals. And um, just a, a really brilliant effort. That's why I don't like looking at stats. I like looking, you know, what actually happened on the field. And they just, you know, all season we've said it, having those guys up forward allows us to straighten up it gives us the get out, and uh, I just thought they were fantastic. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Tom. So the first half, we really did struggle. Uh, as we all know, it wasn't just the uh, raining conditions. John were just playing better football than us. And, you know, the backline structure was certainly affected by uh, Vlostan getting uh, knocked out by Dangerfield uh, within the first few minutes of the game. Um, the backline just seemed a little bit out of shape. And just a credit to the team, it just, you know, goes to show the impact um, that having the team first ethos has. The backline structure um, seemed to get itself uh, sorted out between the players, let alone the coaches, 
throughout the, uh, you know, late into the second quarter and then obviously in the second half. I think the extended uh, break at halftime as well. Um, and Demma has um, said it straight out that that gave us the extra time to plan and to talk about what's going on and so forth. But the back line stood up. The back line completely took over to the point where um, the two goals in the second half, John kicked after really dominating the first and, and should have been ahead uh, by a little bit more. Um, we'll talk about Dusty later, but realistically his goal and then almost another goal late in the second quarter basically picked us all up by the jerseys and lifted us over the fence. But in terms of the back line, you know, Bolter was swung um, further up the field, which we, we, we hoped would have happened in the in the Brisbane qualifying final. But that's a really good um, ace in the pack there. Everyone stood up, uh, started actually dominating uh, Geelong. I thought Nathan Broad was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Short, our uh, Jack Dyer medalist, which uh, we'll speak about another section later today, um, was absolutely outstanding. I believe he got over 700 metres gained. Now, what's... I always uh, say that um, statistics don't count, but when you're gaining 700 metres in a single game of football, and it's not just that he gains the metres, it's how quickly he gets that ball, um, a lot like Dusty and Bolter, when you are moving the ball so quickly uh, with those distances, it's impossible um, for the defence and midfielders of the opposition to catch up. So once again, the back line, absolutely outstanding. Um, Grimes, Asprey, Bolter, Baker, they were just sensational. And keeping John to two goals in the second half, whilst it had a lot to do with our midfield getting on top as well, um, our defence gave nothing. And one thing that we need to look at is uh, just the tackling and pressure that we put on. And Geelong seemed, as the further the game on, Geelong seemed a little bit leg-heavy. They seemed um, to think they had more time. And just that tiger pressure that wasn't, so evident in the first half, really came to the fore. But once again, absolutely sensational back line. And they've been such a key part of our success over the last four years. And it just seems that, you know, we lose a brilliant player in Rance, once, almost once in a lifetime player, and then we develop a bolter. And we see Short, uh, you know, get stronger and broad, three premierships, and just an absolute credit to the coaching. Well done, guys. Well done, back line. Where did we win the game? When did we come back? So late into the second quarter, realistically, John put away or missed a couple of opportunities, potentially to go four, five, six goals up. Um, so they led by 22 points at one stage in the second quarter. And you could almost see, or you could see, Dusty just the concentration on his face, the effort, just to try and drag us back into a game. Missed uh, a relatively simple shot for him um, late in the second quarter, then kicks a fantastic goal uh, out of a pack. And if you notice, um, watching the replay, as many of us had, there were so many times um, that Dusty just kept on the move at every stoppage. So for the you know players to try and tag him from Geelong and so forth, 
when they switched um, taggers and so forth uh, around the pack, they were just too slow to react. And Gusty's goal late in that second quarter, which got us within 15 points, was just testament to that. He just needed half a metre. Didn't even really grab the ball properly with his right hand. He almost like juggled it onto his boot. And you could just, you could see him jumping in the air and the players get round him. And just a huge relief from the crowd's perspective as well. Uh, half time of the game, I, I'll i be honest, I was preparing for the worst. I, I couldn't see how we were going to get back into the game. And I should have looked at that sign of, uh, uh, you know, Dusty late in that second quarter and the goal because it really gave that momentum. And then having that extended, I believe it was 27-minute halftime break, um, really gave the coaches and the assistant coaches and the team the ability to break off and work through what was happening, have a look at their plan, reset. And then, you know, not long after the uh, resumption of play, it was the Dusty show and it was the short show and, and everyone contributed. And you've got guys like Rioli who, you know, at stages, people have wanted him dropped and, you know, he's been lambasted and, and not just by opposition, but a lot of, mainly by Richmond supporters, but just laid tackle after tackle. Uh, and obviously Baker as well, really getting under um, Selwood's skin with Selwood doing, you know, the kind of actions that would have had Tom Lynch um, give him six weeks, you know, rubbing Baker's head into the ground. You just see Baker get up. He didn't even seem to stress him out too much. But, uh, you know... If we go conversely in that regards, you've got to look at guys uh, like Dangerfield and he played predominantly up forward. And from all reports, um, you know, I think he played about 70% up forwards. By all reports, it was his um, decision uh, with the coaching staff to play more up forward. And I just think it was a, thank God, but I think it's a really pivotal mistake because, you know, the guys like Koch started really getting in and under as we always expected he would. Um, Bolton started to come more into the game. Uh, you know, Dusty was just sublime. Short was just getting metres after metres. And it was just a remarkable um, few minutes into that uh, third quarter where you just went, oh, we're going to do this. I think we're going to do this. And the two-point lead at three-quarter time just wasn't enough for you to be comfortable. But a few minutes into that last quarter, and once we went eight points up, and then you could just see the uh, Geelong shoulders and their heads drop a bit. You, you could absolutely see it um, at the ground. And the Richmond players just picked up and, you know, followed Dusty's lead. And if that's not one of the great grand final performances, he joins Barry Cable, and we'll talk about this later on as well. He joins Barry Cable as the only multiple 20-plus possession and multiple goal scorers um, in grand finals. And uh, that last goal... We will honestly watch that over and over and over again. Picks the pocket, um, breaks the tackle as we would expect of, of a tired danger field, snaps around the body, and we know the grand final is well and truly over when he does his uh, jumper grab, um, which we all know the two-handed jumper grab that he does, you know, pulling the, the jumper nice and taut. Um, it was just one of those magical moments. I... Between us all, it must have been watched hundreds of thousands, millions of times already. Um, but uh, credit to Dimmer, credit to the coaching staff, um, the players who picked themselves up after an ordinary first half. <laughs> this is a dynasty. Let's make no uh, bones about it. Four preliminary finals in a row. 
three grand finals, 2017-19-20, on the 100-year anniversary, not to the day, but 100-year anniversary of our first BFL Premiership, we win our AFL Premiership. And just remember that we won 1921 as a back-to-back. Come next year, who's to say we won't do the same? And absolutely fantastic. I haven't done um, the credit to that second half um, by any means, but we will just watch it over and over again. And and Jack Rewalt's goal when he takes um, the, the sliding mark to put us four goals up, sliding mark in the pocket from a beautiful Baker left foot kick, fed by McIntosh over to Baker. Baker on his left puts it on Jack's chest. The Geelong player lays on the ground. Jack takes his full 30, maybe 40 or 50 seconds, and from an extremely uh, tight angle, it never looked like missing. Um, just, I can't find the superlatives for, for all of this, but it was just a brilliant comeback, one for the ages, and uh, just so, so proud. Go Tigers. So night grand finals and obviously the first ever uh, AFL night grand final played at the Gabba. 30,000 people there had been absolutely torrential rain um, leading right up to the start of the match and it did um, basically stop as the match commenced but it was tremendous rain. Uh, Light show was outstanding. Everyone had a uh, basically like a uh, wristwatch and it was timed um, for everyone in the crowd. We didn't have to do anything except hold our hands up and all the colour show and everything came from those wristbands. I'm not sure. It, it's copped a lot of grief, um, obviously, um, around the country. It is a really hard time um, for kids uh, to watch it and, and then be able to celebrate afterwards. Um, it would be hard for anyone around the country. Uh, I suppose the people that would be able to have the night celebration would be our Western Australian contingent um, because they've got a two-hour time difference from Queensland and three hours um, around the rest of the country. So for them, uh, the game would have kicked off at 4.30 in the afternoon, which potentially will be the kind of timing that we could see going forward. The atmosphere at night with the, the lights off, with the smoke, with the clouds from all the rain, with the fireworks and so forth, was absolutely outstanding. Um, thank God that um, we did have a little bit, little bit of upbeat music um, with uh, Andrew Stockdale from Wolf Mother um, really pumping the crowd up. Because before that, whilst the music was absolutely brilliant, um, it might have been better for a half-time kind of atmosphere in terms of it being a bit more low-key. Um, I thought DMAs and, and so forth were really good. Don't get me wrong. The voices, the national anthem, everything was sensational. But the music was a little bit too low-key uh, in a build-up to a grand final. So thank God with uh, Andrew Stockdale and uh, 
Wolf Mother. And it's a little bit unfortunate almost that we couldn't get someone like Amy Shark, who was meant to um, do the AFLW Grand Final. Um, but obviously with rain and so forth a year or two ago, she couldn't do that, which was kind of funny because we had similar circumstances on Saturday night in Brisbane. Um, but if you're going to do the Twilight Night kind of Grand Final, I really recommend that uh, the AFL looks at 80% pump-up and about 10, 15 or 20%, obviously mathematics, 20%, um, a little bit more low-key. The welcome to country and the fire ceremony or smoke ceremony was brilliant. Um, haven't heard too much talk about that in the media, but it was being right near it and hearing the traditions um, of the local people and, and giving tribute to the local um, Indigenous tribes uh, in Melbourne was outstanding at the game. It was a long, long day um, for all of us. Um, being in Brisbane at the time, we had an event at the Shaftston, which uh, are the hosts of the Queensland Richmond supporters group throughout the season. So if you're any Queensland supporters listening, um, certainly uh, around $15 20, uh, to $20 a year, you join the Queensland Richmond supporters group. Um, you have full access to all our events. Uh, the money goes towards our Next Generation Academy. So we've raised a number of thousand dollars over the past few years. Uh, towards that and obviously we're going to have champion players come through that as well um, if you don't join you are still welcome for every home and away game um, at the Shaftston so not sponsored by them at all um, but just letting you know that that's the case so we it was a pre-game function there with COVID restrictions there was 95 Richmond uh, members available there um, and you know that started for us at around 10 um, and then obviously you've got all that lead up and you lead the ground at, at, at four. The entertainment starts at 5.30, the game at 6.30. So for everyone, it's a tremendously long day. The atmosphere was outstanding. I really do believe Twilight Finals will be the ones going forward. So whether that's a 4.30 or 5 o'clock um, first bounce, because then after the game, uh, or even you know half time, it's starting to be dark. And after the game, you can still have a concert like the Killers um, that would be at a really great time for families and so forth as well. It is a grand final, but it is also an event, and we do need to remember that. Preliminary finals now are the customary or have become customary to the being the fans' days, um, where the fans can still you know get most of the tickets. The grand finals are, as much as we hate it, becoming more uh, of those corporate events. I can only say firsthand that it was magnificent atmosphere at night. Uh, lucky enough to be in the uh, Richmond cheer squad on the fence. Uh, so if you see a uh, bald guy in the replay, a chubby bald guy bouncing up and down with brown shorts on, and next to him, a, uh, his, uh, his dad, who looks like Papa Smurf, um, that, that was us just behind the goals, going absolutely nuts like all Richmond supporters. But I think that the night grand final for most of us, um, I think we'll get a no um, for years to come, and I think we will move to twilight. Have we seen the last of the day grand finals? Perhaps not. Maybe they go to a day grand final if it's at the MCG next year and then transition that into the twilight. But uh, some good learnings there. It was a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Oh, oh, oh.
So for the week leading up to the grand final, um, I tried to stay uh, as much away from the social and other forms of media as I could. I would normally just devour it. I knew it was all going to be about the Geelong fairy tale. You know, Ablett's last game, what a brilliant, brilliant player he has been. Dangerfield's fairy tale. But I really, really want to strongly say, stuff the fairy tale. So let's think about it. Abbott went to the Gold Coast. He didn't do it for the betterment betterment of the game. He did it for money and a new challenge. Let's just be honest about that. Dangerfield is not a lifetime Geelong player. He played for Adelaide. Let's remember that. So fairy tales, you can stick it up your clacker. There was no fairy tale at all. Oh, I'm sorry. If if Ablett had never won a grand final, then I could go with the fairy tale kind of ethos. If it was uh, Dangerfield had been a lifetime Geelong player and he hasn't been in one before and he needs to win, then I can see that as well. So stuff that, I did not care uh, at all for the fairy tale side of it. But a fairy tale for us, we waited 37 years. We beat Adelaide in an upset. We get beaten in 2018 in that preliminary final, which was just one of those games. And we were... In that year, in my mind, the best Richmond team that I had seen uh, in my 47 years. 2019, there were times throughout the year when we looked in a lot of trouble again, like in 2017. We came through and we absolutely, uh, obviously, demolished Greater Western Sydney. That game was almost over a few minutes into the second quarter. This year, wow. Put an asterisk on the game if you want. The asterisk for me is the fact that they were in a hub for over 100 days. We didn't know if there was a season happening. We had players like Basha Hawley um, and we had Shane Edwards with family commitments who stayed in the hub. We had people like Koch, uh, sorry, stayed out of the hub. We had people like Koch and Jack who were 50-50 on if they would even play. Um, it's come out uh, in the light of day that uh, Grimes talked about coming up here for two weeks and returning home because of his wine business and family as well. We had Prestia uh, badly injured. There were so many things this year that could have derailed us. We had the Kebabgate incident, obviously, and tremendous um, you know, cultural questions asked of us as a club. But we did what great clubs did do. We adjusted. We came together. You know, We've had Dimmer say that he struggled in the hub, and perhaps that kind of permeated across the rest of the uh, the team as well. Make no mistake, um, we will never know the full impacts. I think hearing a lot of the players, uh, hearing, you know, short at the Jack Dye medal, hearing, um, you know, uh, Dusty after the game and so forth, talk about how they um, decided to grab it as an opportunity, as a rare uh, opportunity to be together as teammates, as friends, um, uh, they embraced it, where you can tell a lot of teams didn't quite embrace the whole atmosphere of it. Um, you know, we can talk about Stack and so forth and, and the opportunities that those guys had um, to be, you know, Colin Jones and so forth, um, had to be part of the team. That's done and dusted. They'll either be moved on or, or hopefully they learn and come back as bigger and stronger and better people as well as players. But the fairy tale is that we have seen three grand finals in four years, a back-to-back premiership season, and a real opportunity now to to do the three-peat. Um, people have talked about the you know which has been the best 
teams of the last 20 odd years. Personally, myself, I can't go past those Brisbane years um, of 2001, 3 and then closely followed by that Hawthorne team that just looked like they, they were never going to lose games. Um, and then, you know, Geelong and Richmond got to be pretty close there. Geelong with 7, 9 and 11, not now not having won for almost 10 years. We win next year. The conversation is not, uh, we one of the best teams in the last 20 years, but is this squad, is this, you know, current kind of uh, gimmicky, dynasty, whatever you want to call it, is, are we one of the great teams of all time? We'd have to be one of the great teams of all time. Our average age um, in, in, in top 10 of uh, best and fairest, uh, which was put up, uh, I believe, by Sir Swamp Thing uh, on Twitter. He's fantastic uh, at our stats, and, and you'd all know that. But um, I believe we're the youngest team for, uh, by about almost two years um, that has had the top 10 vote getters in their best and fairest. So he looked at the average age of the top 10 in those best and fairest premiership years. We're about two years younger. So that gives us massive um, confidence moving forward. And I am a glass half empty kind of guy, and I put that on our podcast last week. I'm so confident we're going to have a tilt again next year that it is not funny. And I hope my uh, fellow Tigers around the country, especially those Victorians who've missed out uh, this year, um, get to see a grand final next year. It'd be an unbelievable celebration. But what about round one next year? Or or, or whatever our, whenever our first home game is? Two premiership flags are going to be unfurled. I no way on God's earth I'm missing that. I'm 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 coming. I'm gonna meet all you guys down there, gonna bring my old man and so forth and, and we're gonna go and it's gonna be one hell of a celebration. Go Tigers. I thought we have to exercise our judgment very carefully. We have to make the right decisions. Um, because you've got to make the right decision, mate. Because you're, you're talking about three flags by 2020. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got to make the right decision in the most competitive sport just about in the world, and one of the most competitive phases in our eras in, in the history of the game. And I, I make no apologies for the fact we want to be the best football club. We want to be you the greatest. Some flack. You cop some flack about the fact that you, you put the, or you, a document, an internal document that got out earlier than you would have liked. Yep. Spoke of a membership target of seventy-five thousand, yep. three flags in two thousand and twenty, and this over this five-year plan or ten-year ten-year period. It starts with a vision, and we're not here just to compete. No one is. There's no point. Might all pack up and go. No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm actually proud of that. And we've got a vision to compete and to be the best, the best on the field, the best off the field. If we're not, if we're not locked into that. We might as well pack up and go home. A lot of but if, but, but, say they've heard but, it before. But if we, if we, if we can't. Uh, build the capacity of our club over the next five years, some real muscle and horsepower, um, we're not going to get there. It's going to take a lot longer. So we've got to improve our footy performance. We've got to make three final series over the next five years. We've got to build our commercial strength, reflected in a whole range of measurements, but notably membership, Gary. And, you know, we've got to deal, manage our finances better. We've got to retire debt. And uh, if we can do that, I think we're well on the way to ticking those boxes. Special thanks to Gimmer, Peggy and Brendan. What an amazing trio, what a team. And to Dimmer's uh, assistant coaches, 
for example, the parting lepper who's been absolutely brilliant as a forward and back coach for us. Between the three of them, they would have had hard times, obviously. There would have been, you know, the off some off-field issues, the on-field issues, you know, 2016 at the end when we were absolutely pummeled by over 100 points. There must have been times where the resolve and steadfastness must have been questioned. But dear my Peggy and Brendan, I'd love to see a stature of the three of them arm in arm at Punt Road because they've not only given us the three premierships and the recent success, the building blocks of an absolutely fabulous, um, you know, decades and decades ahead has been laid down. Brendan and his team to have the vision to put forward the strong three premierships, 75,000 members and no debt, laughed at by people like Gary Lyon and others in the media, and I'm not vilifying him because there was many, many people who, who questioned that, including probably a lot of our supporters. But each goal ticked off. Is there anything these guys can't do? I think Peggy's got two years left. Who knows where Brendan's going to end up? Will he be the CEO of the AFL? That does seem the next logical step. And Gemma, whatever he decides to do in the years coming forward, I mean, <laughs> if he ever has to buy a meal or a drink, a drink anywhere near Richmond or anywhere near Richmond Sport, I'd be absolutely shocked. Um, so we want to say absolutely thank you. To those Richmond staff around the country, um, uh, and who've had to travel through difficult circumstances, we thank all of you, whether it's physios, mindfulness coaches, um, you know, the uh, any of the marketing people, the membership, we thank you as well. For those who have unfortunately lost their roles or been stood down, um, we thank you so much for all of your efforts. To the supporter groups in South Australia and Western Australia, um, Queensland, um, Thank you so much for all your efforts on making us a Tiger Army. And as the year progressed, people, I think, really got to understand that, you know, like so often you hear, oh, Richmond's got 100,000 members, but only 60,000 went to a game. And they just don't get it. And that's okay. We're a Tiger Army around the country. You know, I think three, I think almost 4,000, it was said um, pre-game on Saturday, um, Richmond members in Queensland, almost 4,000. Uh, I think South Australia with around three and a half and maybe um, I think WA's got the most with, with four to 5,000. So, you know, and obviously you've got places like Sydney and Tasmania and everything. They're members. So you're looking at, you know, fifteen to 20,000 members of that 100,000 members that do not reside in Melbourne. So I just think it's an absolutely uh, brilliant effort by everyone. Um, to those in Victoria, we honestly in Queensland had one of our greatest years ever in terms of being able to see the team uh, 11 or 12 times for one loss. Um, I was there uh, with many of us for every single game, uh, you know, three-hour drives down to the Gold Coast and, um, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, bringing the kids and, and all those kind of things. Very small sacrifices to see our team play. We know that many people in Victoria have had one of the hardest years of their life, uh, physically, mentally and emotionally, and we just want to say we... Honestly, thought of you every single game. I'm getting a bit emotional. I've got a lot of friends and family in Melbourne. Um, who knows what's going to happen around the country for everyone with COVID until there's a vaccination. But we did think of you. Um, we thanked our lucky stars that we got to um, witness this. And, and, and many people um, from South Australia and, and Queensland who never would have got the opportunity um, to get to a grand final in Melbourne. Um, I hope we did the Tiger Army proud because we gave every single bit um, 
that you can probably hear from my voice, it's still croaky days later. We gave every part of our heart and soul uh, to the team and we are a family. So congratulations to everyone. Go Tigers! As an added bonus to our grand final, beautiful grand final win, um, we're able to watch the Jack Dyer medal online. And, you know, a lot of people are saying it's a shock result um, that Jaden Short beat uh, Dusty to win the Jack Dyer medal. I just couldn't see it being a shock. I, I thought that Jaden Short, you know, we don't want to talk about stats once again, but just gaining so many metres, such penetrating, um, such consistency from him all year. So the 24-year-old, you know, absolute brings tears to the eyes. You know, he lost his dad at the start of the year. Really, really hurt him, obviously, in the club. And he wore his... Um, black armband each each game this year as a tribute, which was outstanding. He was a rookie at one stage, and, uh, you know, Short, he polled 23 votes, beat uh, Dusty by three, Vostone in third, uh, Bolton and Mackintosh. What an unheralded player outside our club he is. And, you know, to many in the club, um, he's been a scapegoat at times, but a wonderful warrior there. Um, you know, Short, average 19 disposals, five marks, Four and a half rebounds uh, from the 50 and 480 metres gained on average uh, per week. So, you know, I'm being a hypocrite talking about statistics, but oh my God, that is unbelievable amount of metres gained in, 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 in just one of those unbelievably tough years. Uh, couldn't speak any more highly of this guy, and I think everyone loves him. Uh, the, I know that Dusty's putting his hand on on Short's shoulder just to um, steadying, steady him just before winning it. I just thought it was beautiful and pays absolute tribute to our club. Uh, our latest Jack Dye medalist, Jaden Short, we salute you. 2000, uh, sorry, the 2020 Jack Dye medalist finishing on 53 votes. He's going to be an incredible player for us and still is an incredible player. Jaden Short. <laughs> started pretty shit for me. Um, I lost my whole man and um, I didn't know what was going to happen this year and um, yeah, to win this, it's just it's an amazing feeling and um, just a little bit of recognition for a little bit of hard work that I've had to put in along the way and um, yeah, I love this club and I love this group, the coaches. Um, you know, I just want to say thanks to my mum, my sister, uh, my girlfriend. Um, they're doing a tough in Melbourne. Um, I left my mum and my sister at home. I just lost my old man, so that's pretty challenging in itself. But um, I'm proud of you guys, and I love you to bits. Um, 
thanks to my girlfriend for all the support, uh, all my mates back home, um, all your players, coaches, and the staff for making you such an enjoyable place. Um, I've honestly loved my time here. Um, obviously, it's had its challenges this year, but it's an unbelievable place to be. And, um, yeah, I love everyone, so thank you. Sorry if I've missed anyone, but thanks. <laughs> So the media which I've largely boycotted this year, you know, AFL 360s, the Herald Suns, um, so many different shows just talking about the culture at Richmond and how it's been awful this year and that we've lost the plot, we've been disrespectful and arrogant. Well, we know that that's not true. We know that there are some issues that the club would have loved to have handled better and players certainly could have handled better in one of the hardest years for, for most people that's, that's, that's ever existed. Um, but let's just go to a highlight after the game. Gary Ablett's going off the ground. The Richmond players, um, led by uh, Dusty and Koch, and Dusty was a very big uh, proponent of this, decided that they would form a guard of honour with the Geelong players to let the little master, Gary Ablett, um, go off the field, um, You know, put their celebrations aside, even more remarkably, put their medals um, underneath their jumpers as a sign of respect. And, you know, there's so many occasions the last few years that just kind of highlights, you know, Geelong players go down, there's Richmond players to go and check if they're okay. I honestly didn't see that from Geelong players. If I missed that, you can correct me. I'm happy to be corrected. But, you know, you want to talk about respect. To give a champion of the game, and Gary Ablett Jr. is a champion of the game, to give him the guard of honour off and put the medals away was another thing as well to go and check on opponents, to pick up rubbish off the ground, which they were doing and have done for years. If this club's not respectful, then I don't know what is. Um, I suppose I'd say to supporters, <laughs> we've been on Adam Chaw's back for a number of years. You know, you chase Collingwood over us. Well, he's going through some hard times uh, personally and, and, and with his club at the moment. So let's maybe as a supporter group pull our heads in a little bit. Um, and just leave him go now. He made the choice. It's done. We've won our three grand finals. We don't need to jump on his back anymore. But as a club, that moment, you know, unbridled passion, unbridled excitement happening before that, and to be able to then reel that in, put your um, medals away and, you know, cheer off uh, an absolute champion pays so much credit so it pays much, shows so much credit and so much respect. I, I couldn't love this club anymore. Well done, guys. Whoever decided on all of that, regardless, well, well done. Stick it. 
what more can we say about Dusty? Um, quite often have the conversation with some older Tiger supporters and those uh, well and truly in the know about who's the greatest number four ever. Um, and it comes down to Royce Hart and Dusty. Um, now, I'm not old enough to have seen Royce Hart and those who did see him, including my dad, always say he was the most brilliant match turner and game winner Richmond's ever had. And they've always said that he's, if not the greatest number four, um, potentially the greatest Tiger of all time. Well, my old man, and it sounds like a podcast, my old man is an absolute, like us all, he's an absolutely avid and knowledgeable Richmond supporter. On Saturday night in the third quarter, game not over, but Dad said to me, uh, I'll say Gary, sorry, my dad Gary, said that Dusty is the best number four that he's ever seen and potentially the best Tiger uh, that he's ever seen. And he's always been a proponent of uh, of Royce Hart. So let's just have a quick look. Dusty, three Gary Ayres medals for the best player in final series, which is just outstanding. And, it, and it's going to be a medal that will grow in stature over the years. Three times Norm Smith medalist, the only player in the history of EFL, AFL to do that. He's a one-time Brownlow medalist. Um, we spoke about it earlier. The only player in AFL grand final history, along with Barry Cable, the legendary Western Australian, to have 20-plus touches and multiple games in three grand finals. Um, single-handedly, you can't say single-handedly, but grabbed us off the carpet, lifted us by the collars and dragged us over the line. And that last goal was just like, it was pure candy. It was champagne at the end of the night. It was a cold beer after work. It was a hug from your kids. It was everything that you could possibly say. I don't know what more we can say about Dusty. Um, just being questioned after the game with Demmer in the press conference, and you could see he was really uncomfortable talking about the, the personal accolades, and you, his face changes. Go and have a look at it uh, on the Richmond website or whatever when you see the interviews. When they talk about him winning three grand finals, his face lights up, and that's when he starts getting animated, and he get that, and he even says, "Oh, this is what I want to talk about," because for him it's team, for him it's friends, and the individual accolades. Whilst I'm sure he appreciates and loves them, is I don't think it is what he's about. I don't think any of us think that's what he's about, and that's why we are so blessed. Uh, the reports throughout the week. Finally, from uh, from Carr have come out about the true extent of the uh, contract negotiations um, at the end of 2016 with uh, Dusty uh, being offered $11 million, um, I believe over seven years from North, matched and maybe possibly exceeded by Adelaide, who I didn't know were in the chase, so I always thought it was North. And he stays with us for less. less. And, and Ralph Carr says that, uh, Ralph Carr um, says that, it was after a St Kilda game where Dusty had a brilliant game, gets a standing ovation off, goes to dinner with Carr, and he just says to Carr, yeah, I think I've made my decision. You're right. We've got to stay at Tigerland. Thank bloody God. Dusty, you are the love of our lives. So a little bit of trade talk uh, at the moment. Obviously, we just touched on um, a, a bit before about respect for players like Adam Shaw. Uh, basically, he's been told by Collingwood, well, nothing absolutely official, but hasn't been told he's wanted. Um, unofficially, he's been told he's not wanted. Has a large back end of his contract. Now, that's the thing about uh, back-ended contracts. We do have that coming up with Tom Lynch over the next couple of years. In the last couple of years of his contract, he has a much larger contract. You want to get the stars or you want to get the big name players. That seems to be the way that it's being modelled to have smaller 
start you know first two to three years and then much larger contracts in your last couple so you have to make the most of it now i mean tom lynch is <laughs> we don't have to go on about that he regardless of what he's being paid in his last few years of his contract he's a two-time premiership uh, tiger so it's worked out well for us um been talk of jesse hogan um, former Melbourne and obviously Fremantle player. Um, his um, issues have been well documented over the years. Uh, there is talks of Richmond joining the chase for him. And that would make sense from a uh, purely footballing point of view. Uh, Jack's 32 now. Will he go on next year? More than likely, yes, for the ability to get a three-peat. But if you could get a Jesse Hogan in, a uh, very like um, style of football uh, in terms of you know the size and so forth. And if he's going to come come to any club that can get him uh, on the straight and narrow, it would be Richmond. So talk there, um, very preliminary at the moment. It does very much look like Jack Higgins snags is gone from the club, and that happens at the moment. We're not quite sure what the reduced um, uh, squad sizes will be. You do have to turn over a certain amount of players. So at the moment, very preliminary talks from our end. Chaw looks like being frozen out of Collingwood. As we said, Hogan potentially a Tiger and Higgins on his way out. I really want to pay tribute to um, three players at the moment and there's going to be plenty, uh, Eglou, Messi, Smith and so forth that we've missed out on talking about there. Um, but Chol Arts and Caddy, who I, in my mind, you know, Chol struggled a little bit, obviously, in a, well, not a little bit, a hell of a lot in the qualifying final. Um, but Arts and Caddy played some great football throughout the year and I think Arts played 18 games for us. Um, Caddy, um, you know playing wing, playing half forward, playing all those different kind of roles that we get him to do. There's celebrations in the preliminary final, um, uh, knowing that they probably weren't going to be in the grand final team was absolutely outstanding. Um, and on grand final, um, the grand final night, uh, as it looks like we're going to win, you see all those same players and more absolutely celebrating the win as much as they were playing. So huge credit to us as a club. And I'll guarantee they celebrated as hard as anyone. So, you know, in future shows, um, we will be talking about the potential trades, the the, the, uh, the deals that are done, uh, and we'll get a bit of feedback from you guys as well. So over the next uh, few weeks, just to give you a little bit of, um, you know, Tiger kind of perspective there, we'll review uh, rounds one to four, then we'll go five to eight, nine to 12, and then we'll do a 13 to 17 with the extra game there. And then we'll do a review of the uh, final series as well. But what a finals record we've got. Uh, 2017, we go through and win the three games there. 2018, win one and obviously lose the one that really hurt us a lot there. Um, 2019, we win the three. This year, we lose the one and then win the next three. So the last four years, what a finals record we've got. You know, you know, previous years, barely barely showing up in, you know, losing elimination finals and so forth. So we'll, we'll do those reviews. We'll look at trade talk as well, um, just to try and keep up there. And anything that you guys uh, want to talk about on Forever Yellow and Black on Twitter, uh, Forever Yellow and Black on Facebook, or Paul underscore football on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us in those formats, put your questions forward. You want to come on as a guest on the show as well? Uh, we can certainly arrange that, but we'll certainly be doing the, the finals reviews and all those rounds throughout the year, and it should be a bit of fun. Go Tigers! Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Forever Yell on Black. Just enjoy every moment of this. Three premierships in four years, four preliminary finals, champion players, times that we're going to talk about with our kids, our grandkids and great uh, grandkids for 
decades to come. Just a team. I can't... My name's Paul. You can hear in my words. I've got nothing more to say. You can get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter, Forever Yellow on Black on Twitter, or Forever Yellow on Black on Facebook. Also, if you want to join the Queensland Richmond supporters group, even if you're from another state, you want to join in, provide some articles, please do that. And just, just enjoy. Thank you very much.